I'm not a girl. I'm not yet a woman. All I need is time, a moment that's mine. And when I'm in between, I'm not a girl. And he's like, I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm not a girl. Exactly. Good morning, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Europe, Australia, Australia. anyone in uh, Antarctica? Antarctica? Hit us up. Any scientists out there? (laughs) Yeah, DM us if you're in Antarctica. Um, We'll give you a shout out. (laughs) Yes. Um, Hope everybody's doing well. Pod Girl Summer is here. Once this episode is released... Pod Girl Summer will be in full effect. Absolutely. We didn't really have like a a name or a plan for this like themed season. Yeah. But I was chatting with one of our listeners, Alexia, the other day, and um, we were talking about this summer and she was like, yeah, I can't wait to listen to the pod all Hot Girl Summer long. And I was like, wait. Hot Girl Summer. Pod Girl Summer, baby. So it is here. All you have to do to celebrate is uh, listen to the pod and have a good summer. And if you feel inclined, at us, you know, hashtag podgirlsummer. Yeah. Trend it. Make a TikTok. Hashtag podgirlsummer. <laughs> we'll post it to our story. Definitely. I'm so overwhelmed in a very good way by how many DMs we've been getting recently. Yeah. It's been so lovely. Yeah. Just so encouraging. And like, we love that you like the pod and that you like want to engage and like to go out of your way to tell us that you really like something we did is just mm-hmm. so fulfilling and sweet. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming. Yeah. And we have four reviews to shout out in this episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's, let's jump right in. So the first one is going to be I don't know how to say this. It's I have a feeling it's a random jumble of letters. Mm-hmm. Sadaskus Werbe. Werbe. You know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. So for you, we picked Rush by Allie and AJ. Oh, I love that song. Um, you're just giving me really big Allie and AJ vibes. You said you like the click. And... I feel like their music could have been integrated into the soundtrack. I don't think they had the budget for it. Yeah. But if they did, it would have been amazing. Absolutely. Great song to just be like walking down the street. You got places to go. You got people mm-hmm. to see. Maybe you're having some sort of like inner emotional turmoil yeah. along with it too. So thank you so much for the review. We appreciate it so much. Next up, we have a review from Please Stop. <laughs> You know who you are, once again. (laughs) And um, we decided to go with the song You Make Me Feel Like a Star by the Bow Sisters, Mm -hmm. prominently featured in the one and only Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah, you said you like chatting with your girlfriends. Oh my gosh, I'm completely paraphrasing. You said you felt like when you listened to us, you were chatting with your girlfriends. So Mm -hmm. um, we picked a cute little girl group. Just an iconic nostalgia song. Oh, yeah. Perfect for summer. The vibes are immaculate. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're driving to the beach or like exploring the city. I don't know where you live, but you're you're going somewhere in your location. You're learning new things. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for leaving us a little review. And our next review 
is from Caroline. We decided to pick this song because we did see that you follow us on Instagram. So we looked at your bio, which was um, a plant and a mushroom. We picked I'm Like a Bird by Nelly Furtado. You're like in the the wilderness. You're like exploring a forest. Mm. You're feeling, you know, like a wood nymph. Yeah, you're you're coming into your identity. Mm-hmm. You're feeling the energy all around you. Exactly. I think it's powerful. Thank you so much for the review. It was lovely. We appreciate it so much. And lastly, we have a review from Liz. We did stalk your Instagram. Congrats on your yes. upcoming nuptials. Very exciting. Oh my gosh. You also sent us a lovely DM, which we appreciated so much. Mm-hmm. And for you, we decided to go with the song One Step at a Time by Jordan Sparks. Oh my God. I loved Jordan Sparks when I was younger. Yeah, she was just so talented and she seemed like the nicest girl. Mm -hmm. Like I really wanted to befriend her. Yeah, definitely. An amazing montage song. Mm -hmm. Just like upbeat vibes. You're doing your thing. Yeah, You're like, I got it under control. Like Rome wasn't built in a day and neither was I Mm -hmm. like. It's all coming together for you, one step at a time. Yeah. Thank you so much for these lovely reviews, you guys. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it so much. It totally makes our day. And keep them coming if you want us to shout you out in the next episode and give you a movie montage song for your life leave us a little written review on apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. if you have instagram or you want to email us and like let us know so we can learn a little more about you because we want to make them personal definitely yeah um always dm us or email us or whatever Mm -hmm. and where can you find us to do those things oh my god well we do have an email it's movies that raised us at gmail.com. Yes. Our Instagram is at movies that raised us. Yeah. And if you want some more visual content, a nice little companion to the podcast, mm-hmm. you can hit us up on TikTok. It's movies that raised us pod. And if you want even more, you can head to our Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. Yes, ma'am. With that being said, Shall we talk about today's movie? Yes. I am so stoked that this is our first Pod Girl summer movie. I've really been wanting to do it for a while. Yeah. So today we are covering the 2002, not the 1986 <laughs> Crossroads. Yes. Ugh. Featuring Britney Spears, Taryn Manning, Zoe Saldana. Justin Long is in it. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> Kim Cattrall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I know that I've seen this movie before. Like I know I've seen it, mm-hmm. but I guess it's just been so long, and I was so young when I watched it that watching it this time, I was like, oh, I remember nothing <laughs> of this movie. Like I had no idea Justin Long was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not remember the plot. All I remembered was the outfit that she wears at the very end of the movie and that's it oh my gosh the beautiful like floral top with the huge sleeves the yeah yeah i was obsessed i definitely remembered a couple of things oddly enough like not a lot happens like yeah actually happens i don't remember the guy like at all like i literally thought Mm -hmm. when i started watching i was like oh they're all gonna three of them drive across the country yeah i did not remember a dude being involved no i don't remember ben at all so it really felt like i was watching it for the first time which was cool to say that i've been able to experience that twice in my life because it is truly 
a landmark of uh, coming of age cinema. And a lot of critics did not like this movie. Of course. It was like yeah. literally gunned down by the critics. But was it a box office hit worldwide? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. In the time that it was in theaters, it grossed a total of 61 million, dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's until its close day on May 9th of 2002. So just goes to show the critics don't know what they're talking about and they're talking out of their ass. No tea to any critics. <laughs> no shade, but. It was, uh, it was written by Shonda Rhimes, which I had no idea. Yeah. And um, I believe, I don't know if this is true or this is just like floating around the internet, but what I saw is that Brittany came up with like the storyline and kind of like the premise and then they hired Shonda and they kind of like worked together. Yeah. I think you can definitely see the evolution of Shonda as a writer looking at her career now because mm-hmm. – while I did really enjoy this movie, the writing can get pretty rough in it. Yeah. And we also talked about how, like, the scenes were really short. Like, it was, yes. like, tiny little thing happened. Cut to next scene. Cut to next scene. Yeah. Especially at the beginning, it's so much expositional dialogue. Oh, yeah. With absolutely no uh, fat around it. It's just kind of, like... I'm valedictorian and I'm giving the speech, but I feel like I'm not happy with my life path. Mm-hmm. Next scene. And you're like, okay. It's very, um, it feels kind of like utilitarian in the beginning. Yeah. And as it goes on, you get more like emotional stuff and less like, this is where everyone is in their journey type of thing. It feels, bear with me here. <laughs> I don't mean this lightly. It feels almost Chekhovian in the sense that in a lot of scenes, nothing happens. It's true. But then there also, like, is the traumatic moment. Kit confronts her fiancé and, like, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But sometimes they're just, like, in the hotel. Yeah. Like, when they first get to that hotel where they're, like, there's a mini bar and they're just bopping around. There's no serious event that's happening from that scene. It's just, like – One could say <laughs> – this is so stupid. One oh could say, guys, we studied theater. <laughs> like we have degrees. One could say that Kit's fiance is Chekhov's gun. <gasps> wow! Wow! Brava! <laughs> but <laughs> I hate myself. Um, but the writing itself is not Chekhovian in style because. There is no subtext in this in this movie. It's all oh, yeah, right, yeah, right on the sure. surface. <laughs> you could, I mean, the fiance could be the gun or the blue bottle. Yeah, the blue bottle the blue might bottle. be the gun. Well, oh my god, I guess not really because the gun is it appears earlier. Oh, because it's at the very beginning, and then later on, mm-hmm. it's like blue. Okay, yeah, I see what you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, maybe this analogy needs it needs some workshopping. I'll uh, I'll do some research and get back to you. Um, what came first, the fiance or the blue bottle? <laughs> um, it's the fiance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but we did find out. This also further proves our point that there is um, artistic validity to this movie. Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Is a Britney Spears stan and convinced um, the actor yes. who played Ben to do this movie. Yeah, they were they were working on a movie together, 
And he, like, did not want to take this movie. He thought it was lame and stupid. But Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro was like, you need to take this movie. He loved Britney Spears and thought it was, like, a great opportunity. And they would work on the sides together on set. And Robert De Niro was reading Britney's lines. I love that. Which I absolutely adore. I Mm -hmm. love that detail. Um, But, yeah, speaking of Britney, this movie did come out, like, a few months after her third album. Um, So it had a few songs from there. I Love Rock and Roll, Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, and Overprotected. So, you know, it's clearly, like, this movie is supposed to be, like, a star vehicle. It's written to feature Britney Spears. Yeah. Although all the main actresses had amazing careers after this movie. Yeah, I mean, Taryn Manning... A fan favorite on Orange is the New Black and Zoe Saldana, Marvel gal extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually saw an interview with Zoe Saldana on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen where somebody called in. This was in like 2014, I think. Okay. Somebody called in being like, Hi, my name is Caitlin calling from Cincinnati. Hey, Caitlin, what's your question? Um, I have a question for Zoe. Have you seen Britney Spears' show in Vegas? And have you heard her single without auto-tune? Have I, have I heard a, one of her singles without... They oh, released have I, a song um, recently without auto-tune. Oh, okay. Well, that's mean, because I'm pretty sure that 80% of our our musical artists uh, would be mortified right. if, if, they're, if, they're song, if they were caught singing without their own auto-tune. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen her show in Vegas. I have a huge amount of respect for Britney Spears. And I, like, I've always said this and I will always continue to say it. Uh, she was the one big, big celebrity that I met when I was starting to work in Hollywood who literally um, was humble and whatever was going on in her mind or in her world, it was never about hating her neighbor. She was the only nice. pop star at that time, and I can name a lot of prominent figures right now that still to, uh, that today are more famous than Britney that literally got to where they were at by hating on Britney a lot because it was cool at one time to really just diss her, and Britney never did that. So still to this day, and yeah, she had the biggest fan base, and I do believe that people and children gravitate to good energy, and she, she's definitely in abundance of that. That's so graceful. And I really do. Mm. I mean, we just did Just My Luck with, you know, Lindsay Lohan talking about what happened with her. And it really just breaks my heart whenever I hear stuff about Britney because people Mm -hmm. loved her so much. And you can tell, like, whenever someone talks about her, they talk about how Mm -hmm. humble she was, how smart she was. Like, she was always, like, you know, in control, like Mm -hmm. putting in creative input into the things that she was making, whether it was like a concert or a music video or whatever. And it's just so heartbreaking because she seems like such Mm -hmm. a lovely girl. Yeah. And it's like, how could you be stuck in this situation? Like, it's so, yeah, beyond me. Yeah. It it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because her, I think the reason why Britney was so huge and such like a phenomenon is because her star quality and like je ne sais quoi is so palpable and always has been like her whole life and it makes me so sad to see that light diminished yeah and she loved what she did and people loved watching her yeah and like supporting her so then to see the people that were closest to her Mm -hmm. tear her down or like 
put out that fire. It's so yeah. fucked. Um, I saw the other day on Twitter that apparently she's going to be giving a testimony or like speaking at, in court about her conservatorship. Oh, wow. Like fairly soon. So hopefully yeah. Brittany will be freed soon. I really hope that goes well for her. We love you. We love you, Brittany. If you're we out love there. you, Brittany. Okay, the opening of the film, we see three little girls, Lucy, Kit, and Mimi, digging a hole in the dead of night to bury a time capsule. Uh, Also, young Lucy is played by Jamie Lynn Spears, which I wasn't expecting, but totally makes sense. They had to. They had to. Absolutely. And in a voiceover, Lucy talks about how growing up in Georgia, she and her two friends, Mimi and Kit, knew what they wanted out of life. So they put their dreams in a box and buried it, making a pact to dig it up at midnight on their high school graduation. They wished that they'd be best friends forever. But that didn't come true. Uh, How could it? It's just so hard when you're young. Yeah. So cut to present day. Lucy is 18. She's dancing around her room. She's like getting dressed in the morning, singing into a spoon, eating like what I would assume is like cheese grits because she's a Southern gal. I thought it was like cereal. Oh, damn it. (laughs) I, I literally thought it was grits just from like the tiny screen I was looking at, but probably Cereal sounds more realistic. She is also wearing like a cowboy hat at one point. Like it's possible. So she's, it's very much a Cameron Diaz, um, Charlie's Angels moment. Yeah. Totally. Dancing around the underwear type of thing. So she's singing Open Your Heart to Me. And then her father barges in. He's like, we're going to be late for graduation. Look, I ironed your like gown which I think was really sweet, but it's definitely mm. – he's, like, being really – you know, did you did you get your valedictory speech down? Like, got to get dressed. Got to get there early. Like, he's a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a lot. So then after that 30-second scene, we cut to our next 30-second scene, which is <laughs> in the hallway at school. I can't. Lucy is walking with her lab partner, Justin Long, a.k.a. Henry is his What name. I wouldn't do <laughs> – what I wouldn't do for that lab partner. Oh, my God. I love Justin Long. I had the biggest crush on him to this day. As one should. Is he single? I actually don't know. He might be. Is he married? Hang on. He does not appear to be married. I feel like I must have said this in a previous pod, but I did meet Justin Long um, when I was a hostess, and I said... <laughs> I freaked out when he came in and I was like, I have to seat him like no one else is seating this man. <laughs> so I brought him over to the table and I was like, I'm so sorry. I just want to say like, I'm a huge fan of your work. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, that, that's so kind. Like, thank you so much. And I was like, enjoy your meal. And then when he left, he's like, hey, thank you. And just thank you. So like touched my arm. I was like, thank oh you so God. much for what you said. And I was like, <laughs> I would never never recover oh my god the the bigger tea though is that i saw him within maybe a week or a couple of days of drew barrymore coming to the same restaurant Mm. and i was like 
a missed connection. It it does not appear mm-hmm. that he is married. So Justin, slide into my DMs if you girl summer Justin. If you're looking to go on a date and fall in love and get married, hit me up. Oh my gosh. <sighs> okay. Back to the film. They're mm-hmm. walking down the hall. That is when we see Mimi all grown up. She's pregnant. Yeah. And then some like jackass popular guy is like harassing her. Then we see Lucy bump into Kit, who is now like a popular mean girl. And um, she just like immediately starts laying into Lucy being like, oh, you're like so perfect and sweet and nerdy and a virgin. And it's like, oh, yeah, she was like, you are a virgin. You don't have to say, I know you're a virgin. Damn, all she did was bump into you. And she's like, fucking virgin alert over here. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, my God. So cut to our next scene, graduation. (laughs) Um, Kit's family takes photos of her. And they're like, smile, Kit. Smile bigger. You could tell her mom has a whole thing. Oh, yeah. The mom like jumps in the photo with her. I'm like, ew. Yeah, very narcissistic. After Lucy does her valedictory speech and whatnot, one of her teachers comes up and tells her that her speech was wonderful and she hopes that she'll continue to study music in college. And her father pipes in. He's like, oh, no time for music. She's going to be a doctor with that double major in bio and chem. And she's like, okay, yeah, (laughs) cool. So dad pulls Henry aside to show him how to start the truck. And then Lucy stays to talk to her teacher for a second. She tells her she's all her dad has. And the teacher just hugs her and congratulates her. And then swift pace. All right, moving along. (laughs) We go back home. Lucy is sitting on her bed. She's crying and looking at her wall of, like, accomplishments. There's awards and plaques and, like, ribbons and all kinds of stuff. And that's when her dad comes in with her framed diploma. And he sees her crying and he's like, what's wrong? And she says that she worked really hard to be valedictorian, but it didn't feel like anything when she was Uh, actually giving her speech. Devastating. Yeah. She talks about how she'd never been to a football game or to a party. She never stayed out late. All she did was study. And she feels like she missed out. And he says that, you know, she was being responsible and they both worked really hard for this. And she says that he's right. You know, it's just the pressure of graduation. I'm like, he's not right. You do feel like you missed out. Like, that's a real feeling. Yeah. But luckily, we don't have to think about it because the next scene is coming up right behind (laughs) it. They have a little post-grad prom. Lucy is standing alone waiting for Henry. Kit passes by her and Mimi comes up to her and asks if she's coming at midnight. And Lucy's like, oh, that." you know, the box, whatever. Like, I have to go with Henry, and Henry comes up with their hotel room key. my God. So she follows him up the stairs. Mimi also asks Kit, and Kit says that she can go without her. She has better things to do. Yeah. Also, Kit looks amazing. Oh, my God. At this prom scene. Gorgeous. On the dance floor, at this prom, grad night dance thing, Kit is... Dancing with her pals, and she's, like, making eyes at the guitarist on stage. And the girls tell her that apparently he just got out of jail. Um, (laughs) What the fuck? And they're like, oh, he's so cute. But, like, if anyone could bag him, it'd be you. 
And then she reminds the girls she's off the market and shows her engagement ring. Pretty wild. Whoa, you are 18, ma'am. And her friend is like, yeah, right. I mean, he's off at UCLA, like her fiance. He could be doing anything. And Kit is like really pissed and just walks away. Probably because she knows it's true, unfortunately. Yeah. There are some cracks in the foundation of her engagement. Yeah. So, hotel room. Henry is in his boxers in their hotel room. He's like frantically putting on baby powder. Oh my um, God. <laughs> just covering the lampshade with scarves, lighting candles. It feels like a Meisner routine. Like, oh it feels gosh. like a Meisner activity. He's like, I'm yeah. going to lose my virginity. I need to make the room look perfect. That's his intention. And I need to get all of the sweat off my body. By, but yeah. then, ugh, I would not want to have sex with somebody who smelled like baby powder. I don't think He's that's something I'd be into. Oh, my God. Um, I literally – I feel like I'm, like, reviewing this movie. I'm, like, I'm so young. I'm so quirky. I'm literally, like, waking up next to a man every morning now. <laughs> I'm, like – Oh, my God. I'm literally settled into domesticity. Jesus. So he is having a moment. He's doing this thing. He puts on Marvin Gaye, and Lucy calls from the bathroom, are you ready? And she comes out in his suit jacket and her lingerie, and honestly, like, go off Hon- Britney. Yeah. Go Boss off Britney. I love that. I love the men's suit jacket with the underwear. I think that's so – yeah. I was like, you haven't lost your virginity? Like, I am not, I was not that confident at 18, but. No, oh my God. So, um, she's looking like really hot in her lingerie and Henry is looking unwell. Yeah. He is freaking out. So Lucy goes to like take her bra off, but she stops and she's like, this just isn't how I hoped my first time would be. And he's like, uh, this is exactly how I hoped my first time would be. I mean, it's Britney Spears, of course. Mm-hmm. And so she suggests that maybe they just like get into the bed, get comfortable. So they climb in and like kind of go under the covers. And she asks to hear the list again. Oh, gosh. And he's like, oh, oh, God. Like, okay, fine. So he turns off the music and pulls out a piece of paper and reads off this list of reasons why they should lose their virginities to each other oh my gosh oh god so he says number one we've been lab partners for three years and we really trust each other number two we're both 18 and we've never done it number three we both want to do it and she doesn't really say anything and it's like yikes yikes Yikes. so he starts to beg her oh which is don't do this don't do this do not do this Obviously, no one wants to be coerced into having sex. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's not an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. Absolutely. And I feel like this, the chiding tactic has only just more recently been like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Because it is like this verbal coercion. It's so weird. It's just so weird and uncomfortable. And it's not even, he's not even like, come on, it's fine. He's like, please, please have sex with me. And then like guilts her. Yeah. So she agrees. They lean in for a kiss, very awkward. And she starts giggling. She laughs and 
she asks him if he really wants his first time to be with his lab partner. And he's like, yes, I don't want to go off to college as a virgin. I'm afraid of being a pariah. And she like apologizes to him. You could tell he's just like, I have to fucking lose my virginity. Like someone, anyone, please, please. Yeah. Not, I love Justin Long. I do not love Henry in this film. No, and I don't even think we're supposed to like Henry. He doesn't come off as endearing. No, not at all. So after this debacle, we go back to Mimi, who is leaving the lodge where this prom is happening. Mm -hmm. And that's where she's confronted by this dude named Kurt, who you may recognize from Never Been Kissed as one of Guy's guys. Yeah. And he asks her if the baby is his and says that he wants to do right by her. And she asks what that means because doing right by her was not when he spread awful rumors about her to his friends and, like, talked shit. And he tells her that he was only repeating what he heard. I roll. Yeah, which was that she fucked someone in the back of his truck over winter break. And so Mimi punches him in the face and walks away. The girls are all having a night, it seems. So Mimi goes to the field to see, get this box uncovered. She flashes her flashlight around. Kit is right there waiting for her. Um, and she asks where Lucy is. But no Lucy to be found. The girls start heading to the spot where the box is. And guess who's waiting for them there? <gasps> it's Lucy with her shovel. Mm -hmm. They all dig the time capsule up and see what's inside. What we find is Kit's bridal Barbie. And they're like, well, it looks like you'll be getting your wish. They also find Lucy's locket. Um, and her wish was to find her mom and see her again. But she lives in Arizona and she hasn't seen her because her father doesn't think it's a good idea. Then Mimi picks up her globe keychain. What she had wished for is for the world, specifically to go to California and put her feet in the Pacific Ocean. And Kit's like, well, that wish won't come true for a while. And I'm like, okay, Kit. Yeah, rude. People can fucking dream. Yeah. But Mimi actually shows the girls a flyer for a record deal audition in California and says she's leaving this weekend. And the girls go, Mimi, <laughs> you're pregnant. And Mimi says, I'll wear something slimming. I love Mimi. Yeah. She's very, very endearing. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says that she has a, a pretty good voice and she thinks she has a shot at it. And they ask her how she even plans to get there. And she says that she has a ride with some guy. But Lucy's like, you can't go all the way out to California with some stranger. So Mimi asks them to come with her and says that they can sing backup for her. They immediately decline this offer and Mimi kicks the box over in frustration. And that's when they find this Polaroid picture of the three of them when they were kids. Aww. After this little moment, Kit says that she has to go meet her friends. And the girls all start going their separate ways. And Mimi says that she's leaving Sunday at 7 a.m. in case they want to come. Next day, Kit is working at her father's hardware store. Um, she's on the phone with her boyfriend and finds out that he will not be coming home for the summer. Oh, my God. I would be so upset. Yeah, I'd be livid if I was engaged. My fiance was like, no, I will not be seeing you this whole summer. Yeah. While I don't have school and I'm just shooting the shit in L.A. Literally. And she finds out that, like, 
or we find out rather that she hasn't seen him since Christmas. Yeah. So six months ago when evidently they got engaged mm-hmm. and she's like, we have to plan the wedding, blah, blah, blah. He hangs up on her. Seems like a great stand-up guy. Uh, also, my question is like, why would you propose to her if you're clearly not into it? I think, and if you don't want to hear the spoiler, fast forward like 15 seconds. I think that he asked her because we find out that he actually raped Mimi. And I think that he did it as like a scared effort to be like, oh, I'm not connected to this crime. Like, oh, I'm engaged. Let me like put the heat off of this horrible thing I did. Yeah, that that's true. That's possible. So then moving forward, our next 10 second scene, <laughs> Lucy goes to see her dad at work. He works at like a, he has like a mechanic shop mm-hmm. and she asks if her mom has ever tried to visit her. And he says, no, she walked out on a three-year-old. Ugh. Don't feel guilty. It wasn't your fault. Moving forward. <laughs> Moving on to our next five-second scene. Yeah. Lucy lies in bed looking at her locket with a photo of her mother. She sneaks into her father's room, leaves a little note for him, kisses him goodbye. She's decided to go to California. <laughs> There's not even any dialogue in that scene. No. We don't get like a montage, anything. It's just Nothing. like, I'm leaving. Here's a note. Bye. Um, <laughs> so in the morning, Kit and Mimi are arguing at the car because Kit has too many suitcases. But Kit says she needs to get to California to see her fiance. And this is her only option. They then notice Lucy, who has showed up. And says that she's not going to the audition, but she will take a ride to Arizona because she wants to go and see her mom. That is when Lucy meets Ben, a.k.a. the guitarist, (laughs) a.k.a. the murderer, murderer, a.k.a. their driver, to California. And they all head on the road. Mm -hmm. They're driving for a bit. They drive through Georgia and stop at a gas station. When Lucy goes to use the restroom, Ben checks her out and he asks Mimi what her deal is. But Mimi's like, don't even go there. She's not like us. She's way out of your league. So they get on the road again. Ben is playing his like prog rock music and <laughs> Kit is not into it. They argue over the radio and he eventually like gives in, letting them play their own music. And it's in sync, which like shocked me. But then I remembered that Brittany and Justin would have been dating at this time and things were still like kosher between them. So they sing along, they're having a great time and Ben goes, okay, that's enough and switches it back to his music after Mm -hmm. 30 seconds. Alabama. They've made it pretty far. It's nighttime. Ben pulls over. He's like, I am really tired. And Kit says, you know, where are we sleeping? Ben is like, I brought sleeping bags and a tent. We can set up right over there in that field. And Kit is like, absolutely not. I saw a Hilton back there. Do you think they're just going to let you in because you're pretty? Mm -hmm. So Lucy is like, how much money do we have? So then they go to a Waffle House, pool all their money together, have some dinner. And Lucy asks if they made a plan like what routes they were going to take, where they were Mm going to sleep, stuff like that. 
Uh, no, this road trip was very poorly planned, meaning not at all. Just hop in a car, we'll figure it out on the way. They also only have $400, which is simply not enough for four people to get all the way across the country. So she does a little math, pulls out her calculator, figures out how much they can spend. She says it's going to be enough, but it's going to be really tight. So they pull, pull, pull. They pool their money together, <laughs> and um, they get a hotel room. It is pretty tragic. The walls are like red fur. Mm. Kit is disgusted, classic. She goes to one of the beds, sits down, and immediately breaks one of the legs of the beds. Um, Rough. <laughs> it's literally – that's the scene. That's the scene. I forgot. Yeah. It ends there. <laughs> she breaks the bed at end of scene. New scene. They're in bed about to go to sleep. <laughs> And Lucy, like, writes in her journal. Um, she talks to Ben and asks why he's going to California, and he says that he might have a job there. So she asks him, like, what about the band? And he's like, oh, no, I was just playing with those guys the other night. You know, Mimi didn't think that you would be coming with us. And he's like, are you sorry that you did? And she tells him, not so far. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the other side of the bed – Kit looks at her engagement ring pensively. Yeah. <laughs> ben is clearly a smitten kitten already. Yeah. So in the morning, Lucy is showering when Mimi comes in and flushes the toilet. She turns the water cold and then Kit comes in to brush her teeth. You know, just girls in the bathroom. <laughs> and Kit asks Mimi how she knows Ben and says that, oh my God, he's so cute. I can't believe he was in jail because he killed a guy. And they're like, um, what? So Mimi says, no, he didn't kill anyone, I don't think. Like, he had a car and he was going to L.A. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Lucy is understandably pissed. Of course. And the three of them all, like, peek their heads out of the bathroom to see him just calmly playing guitar. They go back inside and Lucy asks Mimi if she knows him at all. Mm -hmm. And Mimi says that she knows him from around the trailer park. And, you know, even if he killed somebody, he did his time and he paid his debt to society. So in the morning when they're outside, they're about to head off again. Ben asks Lucy to sit in the front seat with him. And she's like, um, no, thank you. Um, they also stop at a grocery store later on and Lucy and Mimi go in. Then... The lyrics that are on the radio are like heavy ass music playing. It's like, I could just kill a man. And I don't know the name of this song. I don't know. But yeah, Lucy and Mimi get out and Kit stays behind at first and just hears the lyrics one more time. And she's like, I am out of here. Yeah. So in the store, Kit tells the girls about how her fiance proposed to her last Christmas and how he's coming back to Georgia after he graduates next spring. Um, Mimi asks if she's really going to marry that loser. But Kit is like, you don't know him. So there's a riff. You know, a riff is forming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mimi's baby kicks. And she has Lucy feel it. And Kit's like, how's Kurt doing? What's up with Kurt? Since, you know, he's the father. And Mimi's like, yeah, um, he's the father. But it didn't work out. So... She's going to raise the baby on her own, says this, and goes back to the car. But Lucy takes this opportunity to talk some shit about her yeah. <laughs> after she just felt her baby kick. Mm. 
And she's like, uh, typical of Mimi not thinking about her future. And Kit's like, she brought this on herself. Harsh. Pretty harsh. Later that night, Lucy calls her father. He is really upset that she snuck out in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. But doesn't really talk about, like, I was worried sick about you. He's just like... The doctor from the hospital that I got you a job at this summer. Like, I went through so much trouble to get you that job. How could you do this to me type of thing? And Lucy hangs up on him. Yeah. So back on the road, they're driving again. And Ben asks what Lucy's writing back there. She's, like, jotting down her journal. And she's like, nothing. Very standoffish. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Ben can tell. He's like you know, are you mad at me? And she's like, how could I be mad at you when I don't even know you? I'm like, (laughs) Ben's like, damn, okay, Jesus. (laughs) Never listen to rumors, y'all. It's so bad. Mm -hmm. So um, suddenly smoke starts coming out of the hood of the engine. Sorry, the hood of the car. (laughs) There's something wrong with the engine. They pull over. Ben pops the hood and takes a look. He's like, it's the gasket. He also burnt himself when he checked under the hood. So yeah. Lucy gets his shirt and she wraps it around her hand so as not to burn herself and just like pokes around. He's like, what are you doing? This is like my car. And then <laughs> yeah. she's like, okay, it's your radiator. It's cracked. She says it'll cost maybe $350 plus labor. She's a cool girl yeah. who knows about cars. Oh, my God. Have you seen that viral TikTok where the girl on the skateboard, like, yes. looks? Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I fixed it, but I don't want to hug or anything. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Although, like, Lu- Lucy actually contains multitudes because – I agree. She's number one – Valedictorian going to become a doctor, super smarty. Number two, she knows about cars. She knows how to fix them. Mm -hmm. Number three, she's a singer. She's a pop star. Uh, Number four, she's super hot. Devastating. (laughs) Number five, she's just like sweet, innocent gal. So I'm like, there are so many tropes all wrapped into this one girl. Would you consider her a manic pixie dream girl? No. Okay. Not not in the technical sense of the term. Also, she's not, like, quirky enough. You're right. You're right. I just get the sense that she exudes perfection in different ways. But mm. she also does deal with her own stuff. Yeah. I just feel like even when she's down, it's, like, really hard to hate her. She's very, she's very charming and endearing. I think just because, like, Brittany yeah. has those qualities innately. So, like, anything she touches will be like that. Anything she touches turns to gold. Yes, truly. So Ben has walked along, I was about to say, this lonely road. Ben has walked down the road to go find help. And he's been gone for two hours while the girls are sitting at the car. Everyone is just really pissed off. And Kit is complaining about how they can't even afford a tow truck, even if they find one, let alone get the car fixed. Uh, And her fiancé, Dylan, is going to be so upset when she doesn't show up. And Mimi rolls her eyes and says that she's really self-centered. And then Kit accuses her of being jealous and says that she knows how girls like her look at the popular girls. Them some fighting words being thrown around. For real. So Kit is like, it's not my fault. 
that everyone thinks you're trailer trash, they do get into a physical altercation. Lucy pulls them off of each other. And she's like, I'm so sick of you two fighting all the time. Just shut up for once. Mimi is like, I don't know why I asked you to come on this trip. And they agree that it was a mistake. So they finally get to an auto shop and Ben says that Lucy was right. It is a cracked radiator. Mm -hmm. And Lucy's just done with this whole thing. She says she's going to call her dad to pick her up. Yeah. And Mimi tries to stop her, says that, you know, she has an idea how to fix this whole thing. <laughs> but Lucy says that she's sick of her ideas. I can't with Mimi and her ideas. It is so funny. I know. <laughs> and so Mimi comes up to her again while the phone is ringing and says that she hasn't asked her for anything in a really long time, but she's asking her to stay. And even Kit is like, yeah, Lucy, stay. Kit does come out being nice out of the blue all the time. Yeah. So Lucy does hang up the phone, and Mimi says that she really does have a good idea. And Lucy's like, well, it better be fucking good. (laughs) So that night, you can see the girls getting ready in this, like, nightclub green room. Yeah. Mimi gives everyone a little pep talk and asks them to be civil for the show so they can get through this. And Kit is like is this all the tips we can get? Like, is that how we're getting paid tonight? And Mimi's like, yes, it is. And Kit tells them that if that's the case, they need to look way sexier than this. Yeah, Lucy's original outfit is not it. It looks like she's going to church. Absolutely, she does. (laughs) So it turns out that Mimi's bright idea was to enter this karaoke (laughs) contest um, that they happened upon in yeah. New Orleans. That's such a cool time. Like, <laughs> that sounds so fucking fun. Yeah. I mean, it is an extremely contrived plot device that really comes out of left field, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. So I don't really care. Uh, yeah. The girls get on stage to sing I Heart Rock and Roll. <laughs> Mimi is supposed to sing lead and she gets really freaked out by the crowd and she starts singing, but it's really quiet. It's like not good. And people immediately start booing her, which rude. Okay. Their whole thing for the night, um, when the guy, like the host comes out, he's like, you know what to do. If you like it, show them with money. If you hate it, fucking make them know. Like (laughs) it's very much like you're either giving tips or you're like throwing food at them. You know? Yeah, or your ego will be absolutely decimated by these people. (laughs) Yes. So Mimi goes up to Lucy. Lucy tries to give her this pep talk, and they stop the music. But Mimi's like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Lucy, you need to go sing Lee. Like, you have a beautiful voice. Go, go, go. And she pushes her up to the front. Thankfully, Lucy does take control of the situation. They switch spots, and the DJ starts the track over. Lucy starts singing I Love Rock and Roll. She kills it. She's like making it pop, making it sexy, making it like – Yes, like I love rock and roll. Like I let's go out tonight. Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. Exactly. 
And the tip jar just gets filled the fuck up. Um, she even gets more confident as the song continues. Like there's a pole on stage and she like <laughs> dances like around it, like very chilly, but like mm-hmm. she's doing a little choreo. She is like yeah. having fun with the audience. She's just the stage presence on this one. Oh yeah. Oh my From, gosh. Like her church fit to this like leather crop top, like yeah. mini skirt situation. Fully. Yeah. And Ben is entranced. He is like, oh my gosh, goo goo gaga. And <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they make a ton of money. <laughs> And the whole bar gives them a standing ovation. We love to see it. So afterwards at the bar, Ben is counting up all their money, says that it's enough for both the car and the trip. And Lucy is super excited and hugs Ben, but they kind of like have a, oh, oh, sorry, moment and let go. Meanwhile, there's this dude whose eyes are just like, locked in on Lucy the whole time yeah. they're having this conversation. It's so obvious he's like right next to Ben. Mm-hmm. And Lucy is, you know, asking Ben to go and dance with them on the dance floor. And he's like, no, like we should probably go before anyone realizes you're underage, which this dude hears, by the way. Mm-hmm. But he eventually agrees and lets Lucy like to go to the dance floor by herself. Yeah. And she's, I think Kit is dancing with her too. Yeah, I think so. That's when the dude asked Ben if, you know, Lucy is his girl, if they're together. And he's like, no, we're not together. So he follows Lucy to the dance floor, starts dancing with her, like flirting with her. Mm -hmm. At first it's fine, but then he gets really handsy and she keeps like pushing him off. He's not listening. Yeah, blatantly. She keeps asking him to leave her alone. He's not listening. So then Ben has to come over because, you know, men only respect other men uh, in terms of what a woman wants. Of course. Of course. Tells him to stop, but the dude won't listen. He's like, relax, like we're fine, blah, blah, blah. He won't leave Lucy alone. So Ben ends up punching him in the face and they all run out of the club. Yep. So that happens. Cut to the hotel that they have that night. Because of their tips, it's a lot fancier. Kit sees that they have a mini bar. She's like, oh, my God. Um, Lucy also tries to talk to Ben. She's like, you know, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And he – It's not your fault. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm not mad at you. Like, I just want to get some fresh air. Then Kit and Lucy decide to drink some cocktails, turn up the radio, just to have, mm-hmm. like, a girl's night in. And later on, you can tell the girls are starting to get closer with each other. They, like, have a conversation about sex. <laughs> and they're like, Lucy, have you ever done it? And then they're like, okay, but have you ever, like, seen one before? And she's, like, <laughs> acting really coy and won't say And they all scream and they're like, you've touched one. You've like touched one. (laughs) It's, it's just so funny and like very classic. Yeah. 
So, you know, the girls continue to bond. They get some room service. They get a lot of room service. Oh, yeah. An insane amount. I have to wonder how much money could they possibly have made? Unless that jar was filled with exclusively 20s, I think they need to slow their roll. Although I will say they're in New Orleans Mm -hmm. and they got a bucket of money. I feel like at least compared to the Northeast, New Orleans is going to be way cheaper. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Although hotels would be probably more expensive because it's such like a touristy oh, spot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The finances are not greatly considered. In no. So, you know, they're eating, they're bonding, and Lucy asks Kit what the happiest thing that ever happened to her is. Mm-hmm. And Kit says, reaching her goal weight. She reveals that she went to fat camp Mm -hmm. for years because her mom said that being fat was unacceptable. Yeah. And Lucy asks what the worst thing that happened to her is. And Kit says, reaching her goal weight because being prettier than her mom was even more unacceptable than being fat. Yeah. And I think that this scene was like a part of the character's story, but I do feel like it was so Mm -hmm. contrived. I was like, this doesn't feel natural like it doesn't feel like a natural part of what the story is or something someone would say like that's easy reaching my goal weight that's also easy reaching my goal weight yeah it was very much like a we want to give kit a little bit more depth so we're gonna throw in this kind of like throwaway moment that isn't really addressed any other time in the movie yeah, it, it was definitely very contrived, which, I mean, a lot of things in this movie are very contrived, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So as the sun rises, Lucy talks about how her mother left um, and that her parents fall all the time. And she feels just like her mom got fed up and she left without thinking. Not that it was like intentional or like she didn't want to leave Lucy, essentially. But she knows that she wants to see her. Mm. She's just scared. The conversation shifts after that. Lucy says she's going to be so hungover later. And that Mimi is lucky she's pregnant because she isn't drinking. And Mimi's like, Mm -hmm. actually, I don't drink. Like, I don't see the point of it. Which is a line I liked a lot because Mm -hmm. everyone perceives her as trailer trash. Yeah, And this girl is like, Potentially the most straight – well, Lucy's really straight-laced, but, like, she's not out there partying. No. You just don't know someone's story. So <laughs> I feel so emotional. But um, yeah, Mimi tells her friends the story about how she got pregnant. If you do not want to listen to anything that might be, like, sexual assault, trigger – triggering mm-hmm. a please skip this part yeah she said that she partied once over christmas and met this guy he was drinking beer she was really upset because she was mad at kurt he blew her off again and she had a few beers important to note it was from a blue bottle yes she remembers specifically the blue bottle and this guy seemed really nice When she couldn't walk home, he offered to drive her. And, you know, it's insinuated that on that drive home, like, he took advantage of her. Mm -hmm. And that is how she became pregnant. And the girls are really shocked. They 
are saddened to hear this news. Like, it's awful. It's really awful. Mm-hmm. And Mimi's like, it's no big deal. It happens to girls all the time. <sighs> it's so horrible. I really, because I don't remember this movie, I did not remember this part. Yeah. It was just, it's so sad because it does happen to girls all the time. Yeah. It literally does. And it's sad to feel like you're in a position where you can't tell people about it. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really awful. Mm-hmm. Lucy asks if Mimi went to the police, but she says no. She's from the trailer park, and they just think that she got drunk and climbed into his car, which is oh my gosh, it's so yeah horrible because everything she's saying is a hundred percent true. It's not taken seriously. She would not be taken seriously, mm-hmm. and it's so hard for victims to see any sort of justice. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you do pursue that, the amount of trauma that you have to go through in a trial. To, like, talk about something repeatedly. Yeah. Like, yeah, go over it. Yeah. And stand before people telling you that you're lying. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah, and any sort of, um, like, defense lawyer, the slanderous, horrible things that they say about victims to discredit them Mm -hmm. is disgusting. It's really horrifying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't I don't blame her for not wanting to go through that. I don't blame any victim who doesn't want to go through that. Absolutely. And that's, that's the hardest part is that they put this huge responsibility of, like, you need to tell the police and you need to – But, like – For what, though? There's no sense of care, like, at what cost to the victim, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Mimi reveals, again, that, you know, Kurt isn't the father – and she says that she saw an ad in the paper for an adoption lawyer. So she's been in contact with her and is supposed to pick some parents for her child. And Kit asks what the guy's name is who did this to her. And she says that she doesn't know. And Lucy asks why they all stopped being friends and makes them promise that they won't drift apart again. Yeah. Next day... Ben rolls up to the garage in the morning, and Lucy thanks him for what he did last night. They decide to get back on the road since the car is all fixed. And Lucy and Kit are super sick, like, as they're walking over to get into the car. And Mimi is uh, snacking on a burrito. Like, nothing happened because she was drinking Coke all night. So they go back to the car and see that Ben is knocked out. He's in the back seat totally asleep. Mimi is like, we should let him sleep. But Lucy says that she has to get his keys. So they step into the car and like loom over him and gently Mm. unlock the keys from his belt loop. Yeah. They, they make Lucy do it because they're like, you've touched a dick before. So you have to do it. Oh my gosh. Like we voted and you lost. Yeah. So they all hop in the front seat Mimi tries to drive at first. Turns out she failed driver's ed. And so Lucy drives instead. So on the road, they turn on some music. They, oh my gosh, sing along to Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. It's kind of like a good remake, like a good cover. Oh, yeah. So good. I love this moment. Finally, Ben wakes up. 
to see that they're driving his car, which is Mm -hmm. a big no. He refuses to let anyone else drive his car. Yeah. So he makes them pull over and he gets out and starts having a full-blown, like, toddler temper tantrum. Yeah. In the wilderness. He is, like, kicking up sand and screaming and just generally being a baby. Mm -hmm. So Lucy goes over to talk to him. And apologizes for driving, but she's like, you were asleep. We didn't want to wake you. And asks, like, what the big deal is. And he's like, I've been surrounded by girls for days. And, like, I'm a guy, and that's my car. That's the one thing that hasn't been taken from me. And I was like, okay. All right. (sighs) Get over yourself. Like, Jesus Christ. It's been three days. Yeah. You offer to drive them. Yeah. No one's taking anything. You you just offer to drive the car. Yeah. This is the one time where I'm like, Ben, yeah. fuck off. Other than that, he's like very nice throughout this movie. <laughs> but this was not it for me. So Lucy apologizes. She's like, I get it. Gives him back his keys. They get back in the car so he can drive. That night, everyone is, you know, closer. Mm-hmm. They, they're feeling tighter, and Lucy asks the question they've all been wondering. Ben, were you really in jail? And he says that he was. <laughs> and she's like, did you kill a guy? And he's like, what? No. No. What? <laughs> what? And so he tells them the story of how he actually ended up in jail. Again, very sad. Mm-hmm. He was in college at the time in Ohio, and he receives this call from his stepsister because her dad was beating her, like, very badly. Um, so he drove home in the middle of the night. She snuck out the window, and he drove her back to Ohio with him. Um, but because he did that, he actually broke a law. You can't drive a minor across state lines. And, of course, because her father was beating her and is a horrible person, he pressed charges So Ben had to do six months in jail and one year of probation in Ohio. But he says that his sister did get to live with her mom. So it was all like worth it in the end. And I'm like, okay, you are so wholesome and nice. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. See, after hearing this story, if we go back to the last moment, like this is what the tantrum could have – well, not tantrum, but like his emotional response could have been about of like – this is the car that, like, I used to, like, save my stepsister. Like, this is the one thing that I have that wasn't taken from me when I went yeah. to jail. But instead, it was, like, you know, girl, girl stuff. I'm surrounded by women. I was like, That was bad. Absolutely. I agree. Lazy. Sorry, Shonda, but that wasn't your best moment. <laughs> Sorry, Shonda. That was lazy. <laughs> She's, like, don't get me wrong. I love Buying Shonda another house right will now. will never be as yeah. good as her. <laughs> Shonda's, I'm sure, crying into her millions of yeah, dollars right now. I'm sure now she cares a lot about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Shonda, that was a bit lazy. I can't. Please I don't. Can't. Please don't blackball me from ever being in your stuff, Shonda. Yeah, I love you. I love I you. So it was all in good fun. <laughs> so they all laugh about the fact that they thought he was a murderer, and he asks why they got in the car with a murderer in the first place, and I'm like. That's a good question. Good question. How can they judge you mm-hmm. when they're getting in the yeah. car with you? So they get to Vegas and Ben pulls the car over to like some 
rock landscape. I don't know. A desert? What it is. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what is this A called? rock landscape. <laughs> well, at first I thought it was like Utah or something because mm. of like the red rocks. And I always think of Utah, but I've never been to either place. So I don't know. But anyways, they get to this desert and they climb up to watch like the beautiful sunset. And they all yell hello into the fresh open air to hear the echo. And Ben says that they should probably get going since the next hotel is an hour away. Mm -hmm. But Lucy is like, wait, do you have enough sleeping bags for all of us? Because we could camp out here tonight. Yeah. And they're like, okay. So they set up camp and Mimi is like, all right, Kit, I'm going to show you how to throw a punch. And so they have this little moment where she shows her, she's like, you got to put your whole body into it. And then Kit's like, all right, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. Mimi goes off to pee in a bush and Lucy and Ben are left to their own devices. Mm. Lucy is scribbling in her journal and Ben is like, what are you writing? And she tells him that she writes poems mostly and he asks her to recite one. So she reads him her poem. I used to think I had the answers to everything, but now I know that life doesn't always go my way. It feels like I'm caught in the middle And that's when I realized I'm not a girl. I'm not yet a woman. All I need is time, a moment that's mine. And when I'm in between, I'm not a girl. And he's like, I love it. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm not a girl. Exactly. This is what the whole movie has been building up to. Like this whole movie was written for this song. Oh, yeah. And I love it. So they start leaning in for their first kiss when Mimi rushes out of the woods and she's like, something bit my butt. <laughs> and so they look and it's like just a mosquito bite. But Mimi's like, it could have been a snake. So the next day, the girls are talking about how they'll be arriving in Tucson later this day. And they ask Lucy if she's nervous. Lucy debates about whether or not she should call her mother to let her know she's coming. But they're like, no, like, you should surprise her. And I'm like, no, no, don't. Mm. Listeners, if you have an estranged parent or family member that you're thinking of surprise seeing. Don't surprise them. Don't. Don't do it. Always call ahead. Yes. (laughs) This is a PSA. So... They drive up to this sprawling mansion in Tucson. Mm -hmm. Before Lucy gets out, she asks them to, you know, tell her how the audition goes when they get there. And they say that they're not leaving town until tomorrow anyways. So if she wants to come with them, the offer still stands. So they all hug goodbye and Ben helps Lucy get her things from the trunk. And he kisses her on the forehead and says goodbye. And Lucy heads up to meet her mom i'm looking at these notes and i'm like i don't know another beginning to a sentence i need to like work on that (laughs) but basically what happens is she walks up rings the doorbell first of all it's kim cattrall like so (laughs) what the fuck um i did read that the reason why Kim Cattrall took this role is because she was curious to meet britney spears of course which like same same yeah. Done. Done and done. Yeah. 
So Lucy introduces herself and she's like, Mom, it's me, Lucy. And she's like, Oh, Lucy. Oh. Lucy, yes. Why, come in then. <laughs> and Lucy's like, You have such a beautiful home. Um, you know, compliments her. They go into the living room and she's like, Oh, Lucy, why are you here, Lucy? <laughs> and it's super <laughs> weird. Super yeah, weird. Big, like, Stepford vibes going yeah. on here. She's like, I wanted to see you. You're my mother. Crazy thought. Yeah. Uh, saved by the bell. The phone rings. So mom goes to take that call. Um, she's basically talking about, like, when she's going to pick up her kids from soccer or something like that. And that's when Lucy looks at all the photos on her mantle of her half-brothers. Mm. The mom comes back in and Lucy, you know, asks about them and she lets her know that they're 10 and 7. Lucy asks if these brothers know about her and her mom is like, Lucy, I think we need to have a talk. Yikes. And it's not going to be a good one. No. At the hotel, the girls are practicing for the audition. Ben is strumming on his guitar. Lucy shows up, of course. She has clearly been crying. She is soaking wet from the rain. And they ask what happened, but Lucy just makes a beeline for the bathroom. Like, she doesn't want to talk. So she's sitting on the bathroom floor, crying, soaking wet. Ben comes in to bring her some dry clothes. You know, he sits down with her, and she says that she's fine, but she just starts crying even harder. Yeah. He asks what happened, and Lucy explains that her mom said that she never wanted her uh, and that her dad made her have her. Mm-mm. And she said that she was a mistake, which, oh my God, just that's so fucking brutal. I get if that's how you feel, but you don't need to say that to her. No. There was no need to be like, you were a mistake. That's so, no. that's an awful thing to say to someone. I also question, like, what went down? Like, when she says, like, your dad forced me to have you. What are we talking about here? Are yeah. we talking about like a he pressured me into having kids or are we talking about like an assault situation? I feel like either way it's not good. Either way it's bad. Yeah. I feel like based off of him and how he's mm-hmm. been there for his daughter, I don't think it was an assault. I think it was just like he doesn't seem like a lovable guy. Like he's really pushy. He's insistent a little controlling, mm-hmm. and I think that that's how he was towards her. Yeah, so Lucy is obviously very upset, and mm-hmm. she cries while Ben holds her, you know, supports her. I think he's good during this moment. I agree. Later on, Lucy talks to the girls and Ben just reveals further information, and she's like, I don't have a mom, but the girls remind her that she has them, and it's a really sweet moment. So the next morning in the hotel room, Lucy is staring at the phone, thinking about calling her dad when Ben walks in, and he asks her to show her the poem that she wrote, and she hands him her journal, and he rips the page out Mm -hmm. and says that he wants to show her something. So they walk into this, like, piano room in this hotel. It's kind of, like, attached to the restaurant, so... You know, they have, like, live music and stuff there is the implication. But he tells her that he wrote some music for her poem. Oh, my God. And (laughs) he sits down at this white grand piano in this sunlit room. And 
he puts Lucy's lyrics or poem rather next to the music and asks her to like sing with him and he plays the melody Lucy hums and she kind of like assesses it out yeah yeah and puts her lyrics to music and that is how oh my god not yet a girl not yet a woman was made um oh my goodness she sits down with ben and just thanks him they lean in and finally have their kiss they actually make out it's pretty passionate yeah it's pretty steamy (laughs) so lucy calls her dad and leaves him a message saying that she's fine he was right about mom she loves him and she's okay. Mm-hmm. So always good to check in. Let your parent know that you're not dead. Absolutely. While you're on this cross-country road trip. Yes. Yeah, so they get back on the road and Ben finally lets the girls listen to some Cheryl Crow. Uh, it's <laughs> I love Cheryl Crow so much. It's very visceral for me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So everyone sings along, even Ben. And... <sighs> Yeah, the bonding continues. So they finally get to L.A., baby. We see those palm trees. We see the streets. The beach. Yes, they go to the beach. They're gallivanting in the sand. You know, Mimi finally puts her feet in the Pacific Ocean just like she wanted to. Lucy goes and sits down with Ben and says that she's been thinking about going to school here Mm. because – she wants to do something for herself and totally she can see, you know, building a life here. So she's going to stay. And Ben is like, oh, my God, the love of my life is moving to L.A. with me. I can't. I can't. L.A. is going to tear them to shreds. Um, Absolutely. It will eat them alive. Cute, though. Cute thought, though. Um, so they go to the place where they're going to have their audition and they get a form um, the guy explains that it's in six days and Ben's like, <laughs> ambitious Ben is like, all right, I'm going to put some flyers up, call some friends, put a band together. I'm like, okay, homie. I'm like, really? Nobody came into this with any kind of plan. Oh, none. Zero. Mimi was just like, yeah, I'm going to get there and uh, I'm just going to sing acapella. Like, was that the I'm plan? Gonna, I'm going to see what the vibes are. Yeah. I'm just going to feel it out. So back at the hotel... Kit finally calls her fiancé, Dylan, Mm. and tells him that she's in L.A. Surprise! When can I come and see you? He's like, I'm busy. She's like, well, how about later today? No, okay, how about tonight? No, well, how about tomorrow? And he just keeps brushing her off. And she's like, I came all the way out to L.A. to see you? Are you kidding me? They hang up and... The girls and Ben just kind of look at Kit, and she's like, you know what? He's just really busy with finals. That's all. Mm. The writing is on the wall. Yeah. The red flags are waving in front of your face. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Kit decides that she wants to go do some sightseeing, and Mimi is going to join her. But Lucy and Ben decide to hang back. Mm. And Kit's like, well, we need you to drive us. You won't let anyone drive your car. And he tosses her the keys. Oh, my God. The priorities are shifting. Ooh. So Kit takes Mimi. Mimi realizes that they're going down Melrose. And she's like, wait, this isn't the like right route to, to go sightseeing, whatever. Mm-hmm. You are going to see Dylan. 
when Mimi realized this, she starts begging her to just go tomorrow. She's like, you want some time alone with him? Like, just leave me back at the hotel. I don't want to go with you. Like, please, blah, blah, blah. And Kit's like, no, I need you to be there with me. I need to go see him. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. <sighs> disaster, disaster. So back at the hotel, meanwhile, Lucy and Ben are making out. They start to undress. He asks mm-hmm, her if she's mm-hmm. sure, and she says yes. Lucy is about to lose her virginity. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kit gets to Dylan's place. Mimi is like, I don't want to go in with you, like really like trying to get away, like not. Yeah. Kit takes her to the door of the apartment. She's like, I want you there. Like, I want you here with me. So Kit knocks on the door and Dylan comes outside to say hi. He's like, uh, I thought we had plans tomorrow. Then Kit introduces him to Mimi. But Dylan already says like, oh, hi, Mimi. Mm-hmm. And Kit's like, oh, um, how do you two know each other? And he's like, oh, from school. And Mimi's like silent, just nodding her head. Oh. Kit is like, okay, well, aren't you going to invite us in? But Dylan says that his friend is really distraught. He's inside. Um, They're trying to cheer him up. So, of course, we hear a woman Mm. calling out, asking if he needs money for pizza. Kit busts into the apartment, sees this bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting passionate. I'm getting passionate. Kit sees this woman on the couch, and she's like, what the fuck? And the girl's like, who are you? And she's like, his fiance. What? And Dylan's like, I was going to tell you in person. I just didn't want to do it over the phone. And Kit is like, you proposed. You gave me a ring. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, I don't know what to tell you, babe. And that's when Kit notices that he is drinking beer from a blue bottle. (sighs) And she starts crying and she looks at Mimi, who is like on the brink of tears, completely distraught. And she asks if it was Dylan. And Dylan's like, what are you talking about? And Kit starts to remember over Christmas that one night when he came home and he had a ripped shirt. Mm -hmm. And Mimi starts trying to leave, but Kit drags her back and she keeps yelling at Dylan to admit it. And he says that she's getting worked up over nothing. And he keeps calling her kitty cat. And she's like, I am not your kitty cat. Mimi runs off. Kit punches him in the face. And while Mimi is running, she ends up falling down the stairs. Mm. And we see her little globe keychain hit the ground. Yeah. Next thing we see is Lucy, Ben, and Kit all sitting down in the hospital speaking to a doctor Lucy ends up using the phone in the hospital to make a collect call to her father. And these are all like really short scenes happening one by one. But mm. the next one is that she goes into Mimi's room and Mimi tells her that she found out she lost the baby. And the way they said it was so like matter of fact, like lost the baby, lost like it was her keys or something. She talks about how she had decided that she was going to keep the baby Mm -hmm. back when they were on the beach, when her toes were in the ocean, and she felt the baby kick. Just, oh my gosh. Mimi has suffered so much. Yeah. And the fact that she's still able to be such a light and 
so supportive for other people and like caring. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's it's wild. So then Lucy's father shows up to the hospital, immediately starts yelling at her, talking about how much it cost him to come all the way out mm. here at the last minute. And I'm like, dude, there are like some serious shit has gone down. Yeah, for real. Let's put that on the back burner for the moment. But she does apologize to him. He says it was a mistake. They're just going to go back home and forget this whole thing. He then asks about Ben and asks if, like, the trip was his idea. And Lucy's like, no, he's just some guy that gave us a ride. Back at the hotel, Ben is just arriving. Um, He got a band together, apparently. Bro, what? This is not the priority. Do you think Mimi is doing this audition tomorrow? Like, what? I Yeah, I'm confused about that, but... Yeah. He sees Lucy packing her bags and Lucy explains that her father is making her move to his hotel um, and she won't be doing the audition. Ben is like, I get it. And she tries to talk to him, but he shuts her out and leaves. So then back at the hospital, Kit is going back and forth outside of Mimi's room before she finally decides to go in. And she gives her some flowers and Mimi mentions how good of a job Kit did punching Dylan in the face. Yeah. He went down really quickly, you know. She's like, you did what I taught you. You did really good. And Kit starts crying and gets into the Uh. bed with Mimi. And she apologizes. And Mimi says it's not her fault. And they just kind of hold each other. It's so sad. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. Uh, Outside, this is a couple days later, Mimi gets to leave the hospital A couple days later, maybe later that day, all the girls are sitting in the lobby of the hotel and Mimi thanks them for going on this trip with her. And both Mimi and Kit agree that Lucy has to stay in LA um, and do this audition. And Lucy's like, I can't, I have to go back. I can't stay here. And there's a little clap back to before when they made her steal Mm -hmm. Ben's keys. And they're like, you know, Kit and I voted and you lost, so... You have to stay. Yeah. But her father comes by and tells her that they're all set to go. They're going to head home. And Lucy asks for just one more minute. Yeah. So they start loading their bags in the car. And that's when Ben shows up. And he tells Lucy that he just wanted to say goodbye to her. And they hug before she gets in the cab. And Dan Aykroyd gives him a little nod in the cab. Dad tells Lucy that he's sorry for yelling at her. You know, he wasn't mad at her, just mad at what she did. Mm -hmm. And Lucy takes her locket off her neck and says that she doesn't want to be like mom. Dad says that, you know, once they get back home, things go back to normal. And she's like, Dad, don't make me do what she did. I don't want to run. Just let me go. (sighs) And so Lucy gets out of the cab And she runs back to Ben, and they hug, and they kiss, and dad is kind of like, okay, I'm going to let her do what she wants to do. Yes. The next scene is the audition. Finally, Lucy performs, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. I'm not a girl. And her father watches. He's really proud. He's teary-eyed. He's rooting for her. Mm -hmm. When she finishes, the whole crowd applauds. And she's wearing that amazing top that you remember. 
Yeah, the the logistics of this whole audition thing, it's so weird. It makes no sense. It's like a performance. Like, people are in the audience. I don't get it, but mm-hmm. it's fine. It's whatever. Um, She sounds great. She does. She has her gals as her backup singers. Mm-hmm. Ben is on guitar. Good time had by all. So then our final scene of the movie, we go to the beach. The girls make a new time capsule saying goodbye to the past. In it, they put Mimi's hospital bracelet, Kate's ring, Mm -hmm. and Lucy's old notebook. And Lucy says in our final voiceover, none of us has any idea where life's going to take us because what we have is now. And right now, we have each other. And they bury the time capsule in the sand. Uh, As the credits roll, Brittany performs Overprotected and the bloopers play. And that is Crossroads. Man, this movie gets real jargon deep. It gets in a way that I was not expecting. <laughs> one minute they're singing, I, man, I feel like a woman. The next minute there is a lost child. Yeah. The next minute there is, uh, a, I don't know. I don't know. A virginity <laughs> lost. It is yeah. a coming of age movie. It feels mm-hmm. like. There are, there are obviously a lot of liberties taken, but it does give me that feeling mm-hmm. of like the summer I was going to college where I would go mm-hmm. out with my friend Maggie and we would just do these crazy wild things and mm-hmm. it was just the summer and there was like – I was just like, fuck it. Like, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a you know unique point in your life. You are in the in-between of high school and college or whatever is coming next for you, you really are on the precipice of something and it's your last moment of both being a child and entering adulthood. This movie definitely feels like Americana culture to me. It's like what I think of when I think of like American road trip, friendship, you know, it's that whole kind of vibe. (laughs) American road trip, friendship. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it is very soapy in nature. It definitely has like a a soap opera kind of feel because it is quite dramatic. But I do think that Mm -hmm. the girls do a really good job of keeping it grounded while like, yeah, some of the writing is a little rough. Uh, I do think the performances were, like, pretty good. Like, Taryn Manning was really good, I thought. Yes. She does – it's pretty similar to the Pensatucky character she does in Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. And she just nails this perfect amount of, like, oh, y'all think of me as trailer trash, Mm -hmm. but also, you like, the audience loves her Mm -hmm. and they see how amazing her personality is despite what other people might think of her. Yeah. You find the character to be so endearing. And she has, or I guess that's not an accent. She's Southern. Yeah, she's from Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think this is a great a great summer road trip film. Yeah. Like we said, it is a little darker, but it still has that sweet sort of campy feel that we love from 2000s films where you can have those darker moments but still have levity as well. I love the moment when they get there and she like – Finally puts her toes in the sand and how that was a theme, like her Mm -hmm. feeling the water and putting her toes in the sand. And I was just like, ah, like it's those little things that make it so much more that like touch your heart Mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, films like The Irishman or those kinds of movies don't touch you in the same way. Yeah. 
I agree. There, I mean, those kinds of movies aren't showcasing the teenage girl experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, I I enjoyed it though. I really liked getting to watch it again with with grown up eyes. Oh yeah. Shall we give it a rating? Yes. Um, this is difficult for me because I feel like I really enjoyed watching it, mm-hmm. but I also am like, this is not like one of my favorite yeah. favorites. I don't know, seven? Yeah, I was going to say seven as well. Yeah. Yeah. It made me have – I mean, I cried even just while we were recapping some of it. Like, yeah. It made me feel emotional. It makes you like – yeah, just feel those really high highs and those really low lows, mm-hmm. which remind you of adolescence, at least for me. Yeah, it was it was definitely yeah. a roller coaster of emotions, to say the least. And I mean, I always love seeing Britney do anything. Yeah. And I love Zoe Saldana, yeah. actually. She's very cool. Yeah. I highly recommend if you're if you're looking for something to watch, you want to revisit Crossroads, I'd say mm-hmm. go for it. Very good. If you're like gonna have a girls night and Mm. stay in and watch a movie highly recommend crossroads absolutely well thank you so much for listening to our first installment of pod girl summer pod girl summer y'all hashtag it tweet (laughs) it text it uh instagram it yeah we're here tell a friend tell your neighbor tell your significant Mm -hmm. other tell your male person i don't know yeah get it tattooed on you But if you actually make like a story or a post or what have mm-hmm. you and hashtag pod girl summer, we will repost it. Absolutely. We love interaction. Yeah. Keep the DMs coming. We're having a great time. We've also been getting a lot of yes. requests lately. And I just want to put it out there that we have like the next several months already planned, unfortunately. But some of the requests yeah. we're getting are on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping come mm-hmm. November. <laughs> We'll be able to start accommodating requests once again. But keep sending them in. We have a Google Doc full of them. So always send them in. And if you want to know where you can do that, you can do it on Instagram. You can DM us at Movies That Raised Us. Or you can email us, moviesthatraisedus at gmail.com. Yes. And if you want to see our TikTok content, it is popping. Christina's doing some amazing things. Yeah, we hit 10K the other day, which is super exciting. Yes. Yay to 10K. We, yes, the TikTok handle. It is (laughs) at Movies That Raised Us Pod. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is MTRU underscore pod. Yeah. And we'll see you next week for another summer movie. Yes. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.